Have you ever been told at some point in your life that you are not good enough, smart enough, strong enough, rich enough, or any reason really? This podcast is meant to teach, motivate, and inspire you to never lose sight of what your true passion is and to always believe you are far more capable than you think. Welcome to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Florence. Each week, we'll bring you a special guest that will truly motivate, inspire, and encourage you to never lose sight of who you are, what it is you're meant to do, and to offer valuable advice on what steps you can take to help you believe in yourself, achieve your dreams, and ultimately lead you to discover your purpose, passion, and drive. It can be a very powerful um, uh, platform, um, but equally very dangerous. Um, And I guess the trouble is that um, it can be, there's too much out there that's not real. It creates this unrealistic, uh, these unrealistic standards, be it um, beauty standards, um, be it life standards, you know, happiness, relationships. You see social media only, only captures quite often one very tiny part of the picture. Welcome back to the Why Not Me podcast. Today, we have a special guest from across the pond, actually, in Wales, um, Olivia Jim. She is a Welsh international athlete. She is a qualified chartered accountant. And along the way, she spent four years in practice while she studied for her professional level exam before moving into the industry where she became head of finance at age 26. Olivia has several personal bests in the 5,000 meters, 10 kilometers and half marathons. We'll get into that later, but uh, it's, it's quite impressive. And I wanted to welcome Olivia to the show. Welcome, Olivia. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And um, so, Olivia, we, uh, when, as I, uh, we were talking earlier before we started this about social media and as I follow and, and look for other influencer out there and that lead in a positive manner, your profile came across as one that stood out. And not, not so much just for your um, running performance, which is impressive, by the way, and we'll get into that, but how genuine you are in your posts and real, you know, how it comes across. And you see a lot of social media that doesn't portray that. So that's what really caught my eye. And I was like, let me see if I'd love to see if we can get you on. So thank you for, for hopping on with us today. No problem at all. So uh, Olivia, let's jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about who Olivia is, a little bit about your story, uh, your background, your upbringing, and kind of what, what led you to where you are to right now. Sure. So um, when I left uh, high school, I um, I went to university um, in Exeter um, in the UK. I studied economics there, so I've always had um, quite a passion for for business. Um, my father had his own business, um, and so it was very much um, it, he started that when I was born. So it's very much been part of my life um, since well since I can remember. So it, it's kind of second nature to me, and things that I I found an interest in that, and um, kind of that's where I wanted to go. Um, so yeah, studied economics. Uh, found that really interesting. While I was at university, I um, was on the track and field team. So um, I started running um, when I was ten years old. Um, my parents have always been very uh, kind of pro us all being. I've got a brother and a sister. We all had to do sport while we were growing up. Um, it was kind of a non-negotiable. Um, whatever you didn't have to be great at it you didn't have to be it didn't you just had to do something and if you weren't enjoying a sport we had to go and do something else um so uh yeah so I started track and field when I was uh 10 I did a bit of everything at that age um so there was a great little club that got you involved in a bit of throwing and jumps and sprinting so uh, I actually found that I loved uh, I loved sprinting (laughs) Um, so I started uh, my athletics life in um, sprinting so anything from 60 meters to 200 meters Um, so enjoyed that through through university Um, joined track and field um, at university carried on uh, competing throughout my time there Um, my personal best over 200 was 25 seconds, something. Um, pretty, pretty so, 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I was actually track and field captain in my final year of university as well. Just always quite enjoyed um, taking those opportunities and helping lead the club and um, the new bringing on the new members and trying to inspire them into continuing to keep fit and find their kind of um, area of of love for the sport. Right. And so you said your your dad was you followed him and he was in business. So what what type of business was he in and how did that, you know, that spark your interest in wanting to you did you did you always know that you'd want that uh that path in business or you were just we're just kind of like interested in in what he was doing um it wasn't necessarily what he was doing I just enjoyed being around the table talking about how you know it's certain things that were going on in in the world and in the news were would impact and um how businesses were were run and I did a, a few kind of placements with him throughout um my my studying um while I from the time I was about 13 um so I'd go in in the summers and just and in school holidays and just do a week here and there in different parts of of the business and I I enjoyed the finance side of things um so I spent quite a lot of time then with his um accounts team mm-hmm. and I think I found that very interesting because I think the if you understand the finances of a, a business, then you've, you're a long way to understanding the business as a whole, because ultimately that's kind of the heartbeat of, right. of business, in my opinion. Um, you know, without cash, <laughs> you can't operate. You're not going to go, you know, it's not got that longevity. So, yeah, for me, it was just I enjoyed having a little bit of a a hand in lots of areas because in the finance team, you do have exposure to everything. Right. Um, And you you said it perfectly is if you don't know your numbers or if you, if you aren't aware of the heartbeat of your business, then you you won't be successful in those areas. So a lot of people just kind of jump right in without a plan and it's, and you need to know your numbers, right? It's so, so very important to whether you're just starting out or you're, you know, in the, in the thick of it, that you know your numbers and you stay in contact with, if you have a manager running your business or, 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 or a partner in your business that you, you're always involved in those numbers because yeah. ultimately that will set you up for failure or lead to even better success. So 100% correct there. So sports, and you were talking about it earlier with your parents that you had to do one or the other. I laughed while you're saying that because that is the life I am leading right now. So <laughs> <laughs> you have a similar rule. You have to, and that's and growing up, it was the opposite in my family. So, um, my dad was a swimmer growing up, but after that, he just worked and worked and worked because I, I told you earlier, I'm you know one of seven uh, siblings, and so he was if he wasn't working, he was working or sleeping. So one of the one of the two, and I decided, well, you know, I loved athletics from the time that I was young as well, and it was this a path that I chose. So we we do that now with our kids. So you have to do something. So you have to be busy. And especially with today's world, and we'll get into that a little bit later, like we talked earlier, but you have to be busy doing something that keeps your mind strong and your body strong. So, so important. Yeah. So Olivia, as far as like your path, uh, life, life events experience that led you to your current job, any tips that or strategies you can offer for anyone who's considering uh, the path that you are you know, that you're in finance as an accountant or, and we'll get into the running again a little bit later, but just that from that work side, like what advice would you give that high school student uh, or college student who are currently, you know, taking say a finance class or accounting class or something in that world that they're just not sure, you know, of the future for them, if it's a strong future or they are just, you know, uh, doubting that their ability is there to, to succeed there. Sure. So one of the most common misconceptions, I think, with accountancy in particular is that you have to be good at maths. That isn't the case. Um, Obviously, there's there's a lot of numbers, but you don't have to be great at algebra and statistics to be a very, very good accountant. Um, So that's the first thing. It's don't let that close the door for you. Um, I'd also say to reach out um, to as many people as you can in that world and just just speak to them about their experiences. That's something that that made my final had me helped me make my final decision that it was the path that I wanted to pursue. 
um, just understanding what parts, what what that qualification can eventually lead you to. Um, because uh, once once you get that qualification, there's so many other doors that then open. You don't have to. You mentioned earlier, I qualified in practice, so I worked for in more in compliance side of things. Um, you know, doing uh, financial audits and uh, VAT returns and things for multiple different companies. Um, I then left to take on the finances of um, one single single company. And in that side of things, so the industry side, you take a lot more of a lead on um, the the kind of uh, for where the business is going going forward, the strategy. Um, uh, but also have a hand in again in the day to day finances, but in a lot more detail than you would have say in practice. Um, that said, that's not the only. They're not the only two areas. There's so many more that I haven't gone into. But that's just my personal path and and where I've I've ended up. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think just talking to as many people as you can because there'll be other people who've who've got completely different experience to me. Yeah, and. That is exactly the where where as you're talking, I'm thinking about you know our industry and the importance of a network. So, is there a network that you sort of grasped it onto, or a group in your area that, as you were kind of getting into the field, you're like, let me join this group or this or these set of individuals who are pursuing the same career that I'm interested in, versus yeah. versus doing something and, and trying to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. So um, when I so I qualified, um, I left uh, Exeter, got my degree, um, went into uh, to start to study. I did my ACA exams. Um, so they are with um, a body called ICAW. Um, so I that's the professional um, body that then uh, I'm chartered underneath. Um, they have different uh, kind of network groups set up across all of England and Wales um, and I joined my local um, my local networking group basically um, and I actually ended up uh, getting involved with the committee kind of by accident um, right. in, in my first year of being of studying but it got me out there and and it was I really enjoyed it and um, I think because I'd had that experience on the track and fields committee at university it wasn't I wasn't too um kind of I was it wasn't too nerve-wracking then for me to kind of manage that side of things but I just met so many people um on that side of things and so they they do social events um you know you'd go out and just just meet people at the same age as you but equally two or three years um further along they'd bring people on who were already qualified and they'd come in and talk to you um we yeah there's so many uh events that they put on that I found really helpful was um, there one individual that stood out more than the others that really kind of took you under their wing and showed you to, you know the do's and the don'ts of the of the industry or stuff to avoid I wouldn't necessarily say that there was one. It was just because there were so many people that I met along the way that they're just taking bits and pieces from all their um, experiences like led me to to where I am now. Right. Yeah. And, and the reason why I ask that is because there's always one, I feel like there's one individual that influences us, uh, whether it be in a group or that group setting that can you know, push us down that, continue to push us down that path that want us, you know, that we want to pursue or versus, you know, getting um, sucked up in self-doubt while you're trying to pursue something that you, you're, you know, you're passionate about. So let's talk about leadership. And today uh, with, you know, in terms of how you lead, uh, I mentioned it earlier, uh, you know, in social media, it's a big, that's, that's the way now everyone looks to us or how is everyone's judging us? and views who we are without really knowing us as a person. And social media can tell you a lot and also can tell you very little about somebody. So what would you, and particularly I'd like to, if you can focus on and just give me your thoughts of what you dealt with with social media uh, as a 
you know, going through schooling to now and how it's affecting the youth of today, you know, the struggles that they deal with, the mental judgment uh, and the mental struggles that they're dealing with day in, day out. A lot of, a lot of things that, you know, that wasn't there in the past, but it's really focused on today as, as something that really that kids don't know how to handle. So what, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I, I just, I think it's very, it can be a very powerful um, uh, platform, um, but equally very dangerous. Um, and I guess the trouble is that um, it can be, there's too much out there that's not real. It creates this unrealistic, uh, these unrealistic standards, be it um, beauty standards, um, be it life standards, you know, happiness, relationships, you see social media only only captures quite often one very tiny part of the picture it's not very often that you'll see people talking about you know uh, let's let's talk from uh, tra- uh from athletics from my my perspective um there's not very often that you'll see people um talking so much about how bad their season is going or right. how they failed at a session or how they're not feeling great at the moment whereas compared to I had a great session I've run a PB I'm you know it's it can't be great all the time but I think it's damaging then because it creates this um unrealistic picture for for youngsters that things should always be perfect. Otherwise they're doing something wrong. Right. Why, why, do you think, why do you think that is though, from your, from your standpoint, like why, why not? Uh, I mean, it's, it's such a huge opportunity and platform. Why do you think it's always mainly you see the positives and, and, and not and when, and less on the struggles when, if you show, I feel like if you show more of both sides, it can help these, the kids, especially realize we all don't, you know, it's not, it's not good that happens. And when you see all these posts, there's, it's the, it's the, like in your case in athletics, it's the, the sweat, the tears, the work that goes into it and the struggles that go into the process. So mm-hmm. why do you think, why do you think more of that is not portrayed in social media? Um, I just think it's the way that, um, that kind of, society has been has been built you know to, to this you, you magazines and over the last sort of 20 years there's airbrushing on everything there's celebrities who are who've had all this work done um everyone's striving for that perfect look and, and I think that's what's ultimately created it you you know you've got lists of the most successful people the richest people there's there's not a list of the happiest people the and it doesn't it equally it's unrealistic to think that you can be the best at everything there's always that my my parents always said to me you should only ever compare yourself to yourself because you and try and strive to be the best version of yourself because by competing with somebody else you've already set yourself up to fail because there'll always be somebody who has an edge on you right on something and I've, I've always been told you're your biggest competitor you're your own you know you're in you can often get in your own way or if you can overcome that and that that internal battle then all the other stuff is outside noise distraction yeah, definitely I mean, from, from my my personal um, kind of path at the moment, the running side of things this year isn't going as it did last year. I have hit a bit of a rough patch and I've been very open with that on my social media um, on purpose, because I think it's important to see that whilst I had 12 months, very good season last year and this year, I don't really know why, but it's not so great. <laughs> um but it, it, I'm glad I've put that out there because hopefully things like that will change other people's perception um, and other people will start to come out and, and um, talk about their potential struggles.
So social media with the, for that 14, 15, 16 year old athlete out there, what would you say to, to that individual, to that young female or young male who's battling, not just the pressures of being the best in their, in their sport, but, you know, being the best version of themselves on social media. And in, instead of just being real, being more genuine and showing, showing them it's okay to be vulnerable. Sure. So I think um, the first thing is to take everything that you see with a pinch of salt. Um, there's stuff that that people won't won't be showing in their their lives that um, will be going on in the background that you you won't ever see, and some people won't ever be comfortable sharing that stuff. But I think equally, if you feel that you want to share that and you are going through a tough time, then don't be afraid to put that out there because actually from when I've done that myself and I felt vulnerable and I have put those or, or I've um, I've had a poor performance and I've I've posted about that mm. I've the the responses that I've had have actually hugely helped me get through that time and realize that you know it's not it doesn't it doesn't matter at the end of the day it's it's just to put it behind you they've given me some great advice um, right. it's it can seem sometimes um, like it's going to be the end of the world, you know, if, if performances don't go to plan. But actually by doing that and having the support of, of um, some of the people that got back to me and, and friends, it, it's actually helped me come back stronger and, and, um, and learn to get over those things um, and instead of, you know, feeling like... <laughs> It's, it's time to finish, you know, it's time to call it a day or, right. or you're no good anymore. And yeah, so it's been helpful. Yeah, I think uh, as an athlete to the mindset of, you know, our failures shape who we are and they help us be a better version of us as an athlete, and as a person. So to learn from them and not be afraid if you fail in a race or you fail in your training, put that put that day behind you. There's a new day ahead. So yeah, definitely. And it's not always it's not always a bad thing. There can sometimes be a lot of learnings that come out of poor races or, you know, I say poor, they, it doesn't have to be, just not where you feel that you should be performing. Um, there's, I was right down um, what, what I think went wrong on the day. Um, I think about the fueling maybe side of things, which has been a big one. Uh, that has caused issues in the past. Um, I'm, I've done long distance, so kind of you can end up eating slightly the wrong thing on the morning of, and then stomach problems mean that your whole race is. Um, but you know, it's difficult to. It's it's difficult sometimes to write those things down and really analyze um, straight after how how you've how you performed and what could have gone wrong because you already feel quite down about it maybe but um equally the longer you leave it the harder it's going to be to recall those things and actually I've learned so much from those those bad days now that I won't repeat again Um, and hopefully then that means that there's a performance in the future where everything does go to plan and and that'll feel great right so What's the what's the mindset like? And since we're talking about writing things down and learning from those mistakes, do you journal? Do you write? What's let's get into the mindset of what it takes to be because it's a big deal. Everyone, folks listening, it's a big deal to be not just an athlete but an international athlete. And and your personal best, your times that you sent me, I looked them up and how close you are to to those non runners. In, in a 400 meter, for example, a one second difference or two second difference in a race in terms of where you are location wise on the track can be uh, a, a big deal. So your your personal bests uh, are, are quite impressive and how close you are to some of these world records. I looked them up. You're, you're in the top 1% in your half marathon. Your, uh, you, the top 10% is an hour 39 minutes, 32 seconds. You were 113 minutes, 38 seconds. That puts you in the top one, top 1%, which is quite impressive. And your five, um, 
thousand meter time, uh, you're just under a minute and a half uh, off the world record. So you're pretty close to. I think earlier you were you're being kind and a little humble, but you're pretty your your times are impressive and how hard and the effort and everyone listening who's again who's a runner could appreciate that. The non-runners, you really um, you can apply those principles to your life and your work and your career, the mindset of an athlete. So let's let's go there, Olivia. Uh, can you spend some time? What's your your routine? What's your mindset? What's your approach uh, to achieving those things? Um, so it does take a lot of planning. Um, we talked about, do I write? Do I journal? Um, I keep a diary of everything, of what my week is going to look like. Um, and then each day when I've done a track session or a, a run, I'll write down what I did, um, how it felt, um, whether there were any issues. No, not always how it felt, but, um, you know, if, if it was just an, an easy jog recovery run I, I won't necessarily write anything down unless I did feel really bad um so uh, and then I'll think about that but obviously to try and then balance um that training with work is it means everything has to be on quite time like right, right. exactly. time scales so yeah planning is the biggest part for me um and then just people always say to, to me, you know, how do you find the time? And I think it's finding something that you genuinely love and you have that passion for um, will mean that you will find the time. Um, if it's, it helps me with um, my, my work life, my personal life, just to go out and, and run is like my my therapy really my headspace um I find it clears my head and helps me to organize my thoughts better than anything else um and that's that's always been the case for me you know I've run from a very young age not necessarily long distance I actually didn't get into that until I was 22 um so I've only been doing it for kind of six years now um but yeah it's just and just just find something you enjoy so do you talk about finding time and balancing it with your, with your kind of your work life balance as far as your running and your passion. So training does take a lot of dedication, a lot of mental preparation, uh, temptations when you're at that restaurant and you want that piece of cake and you're like, mm, I need to, I need to take a step back and it's okay to eat the cake, but to stay on your routine. And especially when you're training for an event. Uh, a big event or big race. And you talked about it earlier, that one little tweak in your diet while you're training can make the difference in your outcome of your, you know, your training the next day or yeah. your race and how important that is and how you can apply that to just, again, you don't have to be an athlete, just that principle and that mindset, how you can apply that to your work approach, planning, preparation, no matter what you're doing, how much better it can make you. Yeah, definitely. So I think uh, nutrition is a huge thing for me and because and not not because of the athletic side of things as such, although it does obviously it does benefit that. But if I've had a time a, a period where I haven't been eating particularly great and you know, I, I haven't I've been not I'm I'm not too fussed about yeah, I like a treat. I love chocolate. <laughs> it's like I'm <laughs> yeah. um but it's for me it's more making sure that I'm getting those new like very nutritious um healthy main meals so I am getting my um my nutrients in um so and it, that for me helps me across all areas of my life because it it makes me feel better um mentally um physically uh, yeah it's just so I always have I've always kind of prioritize that over over um you know the cravings that you you know if you actually wanted to eat I don't know a pizza and cake all day and, and fries exactly you're gonna you're you tend to feel you are what you eat that old saying you are what you eat is true and, yeah and and how it affects your um your your mental um sharpness and your body's just overall well-being so Let's talk about your training and you talk about, you know, earlier you mentioned the the balance between your work and again, your life 
And how do you, so how do you fit that in? Like with, you know, training, uh, I recently did, I was a sprinter in high school and college as well. And I just recently got into uh, distance. So I think that most we ever did in, in high school and college as a sprinter was three miles and that was it. So training for my first half marathon took, you know, about killed me. And then, and then I ran, I recently ran my first mar marathon and I was like, I have a full new appreciation for anyone who does that on a regular basis and how much hard work and time, like you said, goes into that preparation for that. And yeah. That one little difference in your training from, you know, an injury or, or not writing, not journaling how you're feeling and not taking your nutrition serious can affect you. And I, and I noticed that firsthand and felt that firsthand when I was doing my training. So yeah. what's that? How do you fit it in? So with your, with your, you, everyone's asking their questions. So I'm sure people are curious. So how do you fit that? <laughs> but, Just a lot of planning. <laughs> um, I'm quite lucky in that my husband's really supportive of, of um, the training and he actually comes out with me. Um, I've got a club uh, that I joined that I joined about a year ago, um, a year and a half ago now. Uh, so we run, I run with them after work. Um, but then, yeah, it's just a case of, you know, making sure that I'm getting early nights. Um, I'm I'm getting up at you know five thirty six o'clock in the morning to get those run done, runs done before work. But for me, it's whilst it can be tricky sometimes to fit it in, it sets me up well for the day. I like to get up and get out and just have that me time almost before my day starts with work. And whilst and um, whilst I then sit at a desk all day so actually it's quite helpful because I've got sort of eight nine hours of recovery before right. I potentially then go out again in the evening for another training session is there uh is is there something that you know while you do all this preparation for your races is there any motivational book or podcast or quote that you kind of lean on during this you know when you do have struggles um for me it's more when I'm going through kind of a, a time where I'm not really feeling it um I'll I that's where the, the social group comes into it that's why I joined a club because I got to the point where it was I was I was struggling with that motivation to get out and especially when it's it was actually in November uh the year before last so the weather was awful here um it was raining all the time it was cold and the last thing you wanted to do was go out in the dark on your own um so yeah I joined the club and and for me it's that having that group to run with and then be accountable to you know in the morning if you say I'm I'll come with a run with, for a run with you after work tonight you you've got to do it yes um, and then having a coach to helps um just to keep you on track um but also um to help you not and this is an area that I struggled with personally when I started was help you not do not overdo it because I think that is something that's quite easy to do is to start overtraining um mm -hmm. and, and then you end up with potential long-term uh, struggles with injury or health problems so it's that finding the right balance it can be tricky what about in terms of for our, I'm sure there'd be lots of runners listening to this portion of the podcast, especially knowing your background, what are some things not to do? Like, you know, when I was training, for example, a good friend of mine was saying, you know, we talk about nutrition and diet, don't try anything new uh, the day before the race during your training, stick to specific, you know, don't try these goos and gels. If you never tried them during your runs or, or this specific food, don't try it the morning of the night before a race, yeah. anything the do's and don'ts or shoes. Uh, that, that was a big one. I decided to buy a brand new pair of running shoes. No offense to a 16 year old who's not a, a seasoned runner. Like, you know, I'm, I go to a running store or somewhere where someone has the knowledge to put you in the right shoes. So any, anything like that, that you would advise someone who's training right now to try and, you know, Get their personal best. <laughs> so many things. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't do anything new on race day. And that is from a start to finish. So um, don't 
don't win kit that you've never worn before because the chances that that's going to chafe or whatever else uh yeah no, that's not a position you want to be in on the day um right. choose the same if you've I personally like to keep a pair of um race day shoes because it helps me get in that mindset that I'm about to run really fast and I'm okay with that and these shoes in my head are magic and they're going to make right. me right. <laughs> yeah. Just a personal thing for me, but then I've got, uh, so I'll, I'll keep those as like, you know, the special ones, but I wouldn't wear them just, right. you know, I'd have to break them in. You, you do have to make sure that they are worn in. Um, and then food is huge, um, both the day before and also the day off. Um, so yeah, don't try anything new. So half marathon, for example, um, that would mean that you're doing long runs as part of your training already. So I'd just pretend I treat every long run as though it's race day from an, um, from a nutri nutrition side of things. So I'll eat the same thing that I plan to eat on race day at the same time before what would be the race. Um, I'll drink the same things and I wouldn't all right the way through my training, but certainly for sort of eight to 10 of my runs, I'll make sure that if I'm planning to take any gels um, during uh, or other, uh, any other fueling on board um, that during some of my runs beforehand, I, I take them um, at the same point that I would on race day and just make sure that my body can handle them because that's not a situation that you want right. to be in. That's going to annihilate any personal bests if, no. you, if it doesn't go down well. Right, not on race day. Uh, and that's a good, actually a, a good approach and mindset I never even considered is to treat your, you know, the, the training plans that you typically see or these apps that give you advice on running and your form, from form to time to how to just approach uh, even that morning of the race. I don't think any of them I've seen have said or offered what you what you just said and to try out to treat that that big run as a race day and prepare yeah. them is that's interesting and I'm going to try it now I'm, I'm going to start incorporating that into my own training is <laughs> uh, because I know now I know not to incorporate nothing anything new into the to the not to diet and um, but um, not to my other these races that I was training for I just ran and I didn't, there was no rhyme or reason to it. I didn't know what I was doing, you know? So, <laughs> so that's good advice. What about uh, adversity, Olivia? How do you handle um, any adversity that comes your way, whether it be running uh, and advice to, to the kids today that are listening or even the adults to kind of get you through, through that adversity? What, what, is there any routine that you do or anything that helps you? Um, just think try to believe in yourself remember what remember your why and and don't compete against other people just just compete against yourself and that doesn't need to be um you you competing against yourself to achieve another personal best because it's not always possible to to run personal bests but it might just be that you want to go out and enjoy that run and mm -hmm. Well, well, unfortunately, there are people out there who won't have your back and who who want to try and knock you down and and want to see you fail almost. But I think it's important to to be kind to yourself, but be kind to other people. You know, um, there's we're all in this together. There's that. Let's just be nice to one another. Um, right. And yeah, and just if do what makes you happy. Um, Right. Yeah. And it, it doesn't cost, you know, we, we'd like to kind of preach that to, you know, to our kids too. And to, we tell just people as we come across anyone, anyone who's in a position to mentor or coach is if, if you're not kind to somebody and put good out into the world, it, it'll find you, it'll return back to you. But it, and to not um, take that position of looking over, looking down. And, and it's much easier to treat somebody as an equal and like let them feel you know, good and happy and excited about um, just that opportunity or relationship that they can kind of get involved with. And from your standpoint, we talked about earlier, we talked about social media, and I'm sure you get flooded with DMs and messages of advice and how do you do this and so on and so forth. 
for someone like yourself to reply and respond how that, I'm sure that makes everyone it just makes the person on the other end probably feel oh wow it's somebody that actually acknowledged me you know or didn't treat me any differently and and um I think I that's part and, and I love, but I genuinely love hearing about people's personal journeys. You know, people say to me, oh, I'm not I'm nowhere near as fast as you. Oh, I, I can't run that distance. I don't run like you. But it's not about that. I, I'm so I think anyone who gets up and, and gets themselves moving, it doesn't matter how fast you did it. It doesn't matter how far you ran or walked or how many times you had to stop. You mm. did it. And I think that's amazing. Is So what what would you say? Um, is what drives you in that in that term, um, Olivia? Is from what fuels you, defines you during that during all this during your career, uh, and and running. And so, is there anything, just the love? And we talked about the passion of doing something you love earlier, and you, and you mentioned that and, and repeatedly throughout we through this um, podcast. And is that your fuel? Is running your fuel just to kind of keep you happy and motivated and in be your best version of yourself in your in your career and your and just your life in general yeah I think so just just the people that you meet along the way um that's great feeling part of that it is like a community um Mm -hmm. and yeah you, you meet people from all sorts of different walks of life um all targeting different goals um and I I love that side of it but equally it's that um, it is like that release for me um, and it, it helps me organize my thoughts and and right. yeah yeah I, I have to say my first when my friend said uh, hey come on try get trained to do this half marathon and it got to be a fun little competition because as I said and and you know being a sprinter and you know it's to run a distance is like you know I, I want to run my short distance as fast as I can do and get it over with yeah <laughs> I don't want to do anything so that there's a different mindset to a sprinter, to a, to a marathon, um, even a 5k, I mean, even a 5k, 10k. Right. And so it's just overall, just that, uh, that, that feeling that you get when you're in that group, that setting for me was, you know, you start, you go from self-doubt to you're running with the group side by side of you and that kind of it's almost like they're carrying you through the race you know you're running you're not even in your own body you're running and you have so anyone listening who's a runner knows exactly what i'm talking about you're just running in that group you know that feeling of oh wow my legs are moving a lot faster than i thought they could and you start running then you start exploring it hey, maybe i'll hit a personal best in this race and so for me when i ran that marathon i was like you start off at 5 a.m with it mine was having to be down in disney in florida and there were 20 I think there were 26,000 runners and there were six corals and I was in the third one and it took you 20 minutes across the finish line just to start your own you know race but you're in this big group and you're like oh wow you're running all of a sudden you're you look up and you look at the side of the road you hit 13 miles and it's gone by so quick so um a phenomenal feeling would you agree in, in that in that sense Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I've met some absolutely amazing people um, during races who've pulled me along to to run right. personal bests. And this is not that. That's from the time that I first broke forty minutes in a ten k to uh, to running my half marathon uh, personal best. Uh, there's there've been people in on in on so many occasions who've pulled me along pulled me through and and I'm so grateful for those and that support is amazing on race day it's phenomenal to see especially if you're watching on tv someone running and you know one of the big races you see and they fall and just the sportsmanship so it's it's yeah. a it's really is a feeling like none other so mm-hmm. Olivia what's next for you so what's if the anyone's listening and wants to follow you what's ne- what's next for Olivia as far as your your running do you want to try and you know, like I said earlier, you're pretty close to some of those world records. Is that on target for you trying to maybe hit those or? I'm actually targeting a track season this year. So I'm going to drop the distance down a little bit. Um, so I, I've, uh, half marathons are great. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm done with those. Um, then it was, do I go to the marathon? But I, I want to hold off until, um, until I've lost all my speed and you know uh, later on in life I will do a marathon um 
But for now, yeah, I've, while I've still got some speed in the legs, I'm going to try and track season. So um, about going to try maybe some 800 meters, uh, 1500, a couple of 3000 meters and maybe some 5Ks as well. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, good luck. It's I uh, know it's a it's a lot of hard work and you're smart for staying away from the marathons for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, uh, it's definitely an experience for sure. So Olivia, people want to follow you and maybe contact you, get some advice or maybe have you speak to them as well. Um, where can they find you on social media or contact you? Sure. So um, I'm on Instagram as OJT runs. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn if anyone wants to reach me on there. So it's just Olivia, Olivia Jim. Um, and yeah, just feel free to drop me a message. And we'll put that in our show notes. So in, to everyone who's listening, if you want to reach out to Olivia, maybe pick her brain on running. Uh, I know I have, and she's been kind to answer some of my questions. So uh, she will definitely get back with you. And Olivia, we appreciate your time for being on the podcast. And I, I want to end it with two things. So when I have some guests on, I want to ask them a little fun fact or uh, something that you, you know, your friends may know or maybe they don't know that you feel like you, you want to share, like, is there some sort of secret talent you have or a passion that, you know, people may not know about you that you feel comfortable would like to share? Hmm. Something. So I have a pet snake, which surprises quite a lot of people. (laughs) Uh, But in terms of, hmm, I'm not sure what, what other areas. I'll share mine because a lot of people, don't know this but you know I was I acted in college so sang dance did you know and if you've met me or know me generally an introvert and it takes me a while to kind of get out there and open up and talk but and when I share that people are like what what you really (laughs) so um so you know like the pet snake thing definitely I wouldn't I wouldn't say I wouldn't pick you for a snake owner so that's uh... (laughs) um I also used to sing which again I'm not um so I was I got to grade six I did my grade six singing exams so that was another thing that my parents made me um made us all do was do some sort of musical instrument and I tried every instrument under the sun and just didn't get on (laughs) as much as I would love to be able to play the piano very well I can't read music particularly well but I can sing so um yeah that's something that lots of people don't know (laughs) there you go there's always something so it's interesting that as you talk to folks people that come in and out of our fitness facility I love just kind of picking their ear and seeing like what's like there's something that they're special at that you know I just want to find out what it is I don't know what it's interesting to me so (laughs) Olivia you're on the why not me podcast and one of the big reasons why I said earlier why I did this was to hopefully inspire and motivate and encourage others to whatever they're doing that they can, you know, achieve success. And what does that mean? What does that term mean to you? Um, just to be happy, honestly, um, and live every day as though it's your last. Great advice. Don't, don't, don't hold anything back for, you know, for next year or for um for however long down the line just take every opportunity that you get as it comes if it's something that you want to do because you don't know how long you've got and you don't know when those opportunities how long those opportunities are going to be there that's uh I, I love that and it's so true it's just to appreciate each moment each day that we're you know we are blessed with and to be kind like you said earlier be kind yeah. be happy and yes yeah. and, and support one another for each other and you know always ask yourself you know it's a it's a, something the title was catchy to me was why i picked it is why not me you know why you know, we, we we always struggle with you know you said earlier like can i run uh, you know, like you everybody can learn to run you know it's it's you, there's that's the best thing you know running is a kind of a neutral the equalizer to sports out there is everybody can run you we can yeah. unless unless, unless there's an second most natural movement on that the body is is can do at, at next to walking so right. I've really done that. yeah thank you so we appreciate your time and it was so nice to talk to you and and to come on and just give your little um tips of wisdom your story and just your message it was, it was fantastic so thank you thanks so much all right i hope you have a great day and we look forward to following you on social media and everyone again who's listening we'll put olivia's contact info in our notes so feel free to reach out to her and um 
and pick her brain on her running experience. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have a great day. Thanks, guys. Bye. I want to thank Olivia and Jim for joining us today, and I hope you've enjoyed the show just as much as I have as bringing it to you. Olivia shared some good words of experience and how hard it is to become an elite athlete and the work it takes to put in to really stay on top, both physically and mentally, when you prepare for training, when you prepare for events, and how to handle those things in both good and bad when the results don't always favor yourself in a positive manner. Olivia also shared the power of influence and that platform of social media and how it is good to be both honest and open when sharing your story and your journey. Remember that when you post something, how others view it and how that can and sometimes determines what others think about you and the message you're trying to deliver. Be positive in your posts. Be kind when you reply. And remember just how much it can help someone who is looking up to you on social media or how much equally it can hurt them. If you're liking the show, please give us a five-star rating, download this episode, and share with a friend. Remember, when in doubt, ask yourself, why not me? Why not now? Until next time, have a great day.